Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report <laughs> with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross and now the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed. Hello again, everybody. It's good old JR Jim Ross here in an icy Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Glad you're with us here on uh, our program, and we appreciate you subscribing for free, by the way, uh, on Westwood One's uh, podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher among others, or wherever you get your Slobberknocker audio. And we certainly appreciate those five-star ratings. Good show today. Uh, today's guest, world's strongest man, Mark Henry, world champion in, on three different uh, sports, WWE Hall of Famer, went in last year. He's a huge part of the success of the great Busted Open radio show on Sirius XM, uh, Channel 93, uh, and uh, one of my earliest signees. I saw, I'll tell, this, tell a story uh, about how I, I saw Mark inadvertently, and and uh, then I showed a tape of it to Vince and Mr. McMahon, and he was absolutely uh, amazed at Mark's agility in, for a guy that weighed about 400 pounds at that time. Uh, so we'll talk to Mark today, and Mark is uh, also doing some work back with WWE behind the scenes. We'll find out more about that. I'll find out about how he likes his radio gig on Sirius XM. He does a great job there with Dave LaGreca as does Bully Ray. It's almost a des- destination for me every day because uh, I get information. I hear other people's thoughts and things of that nature. It's a great show. So Sirius XM Channel 93, uh, Monday through Friday for uh, Busted Open. And uh, we'll talk to Mark about also an appearance here and I are making. That'll be in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, uh, the weekend after WrestleMania at the Steel City Comic Con. We'll both be there. It'll happen to be both booked there. Uh, for a three-day stint, and we'll talk about that also. So uh, a good show, a lot to talk about on as far as what other companies are doing, uh, other events that have just passed, a lot of big news. We'll get to that right away because here's what's on my mind. This week I had a couple of really cool conversations with Conrad Thompson, and we have an idea for a podcast uh, program that uh, we are refining, talking about. So it looks like somewhere down the road, there is a very good chance that Conrad and I will be doing some podcasting together, and I'm very excited about that. 
Uh, and if, if so, it more than likely will take the place of this format. Uh, but it certainly will be something that we think will be even better and uh, more informative and more entertaining. So uh, stay tuned for that. It's in the, it's in the discussion sa- stages. I hope I haven't jinxed it. I don't think I will. But uh, that could be really exciting for us on the, on the podcast front. Turning to Monday Night Raw, uh, I, I, the Raw show was all about Roman Reigns. His return to find out that his leukemia is in remission uh, was God sent. Uh, and it really worked uh, as far as the viewers are concerned because uh, it was the uh, highest watched Raw since uh, October of 2018, uh, 2.9 million viewers. So uh, I am very, very proud of uh, the fact that Roman fought uh, he had the faith to overcome uh, leukemia. I thought one of the coolest moments there was uh, on his when he was introduced and he came around the ringside and friends and family were there and and the the hug that his mother that Roman's mother gave him was uh, uh, brought tears to my eyes. It was very very uh, amazing the feel the bond between a mom and her son and seeing that her son uh, has overcome leukemia again. Uh, was was amazing to me. So it was a good show. You know, it was a strong Raw in that regard. But the Roman Reigns business uh, overshadowed anything that was in the ring wrestling, any interview, any, pro, any promos, whatever. It was a highlight of Raw without a doubt. And that's uh, taking a lot into consideration considering that Dave Batista made a very uh, surprising, unannounced return. He, uh, he disrupted the Ric Flair 70th birthday celebration. Batista's physicality against the Nature Boy Ric Flair was well-timed, impactful, and memorable. Great storytelling. Great creative writing by WWE on this. I thought it was really good. So that was uh, the, the end of Raw. And it looks like, uh, obviously, Batista and Triple H are going to have a match somewhere down the road. I don't think you have to be Einstein or a Mensa member to figure out that That'll probably be at WrestleMania because, quite frankly, I'll ask this question, where in the hell else would it be? Where else would you want it to be? The thing will be interesting to see who's going to be the protagonist and who's going to be the antagonist in this uh, relationship. And uh, I have my take on it. We'll see how it plays out. But it very easily could be that Batista is the hero. I don't know how he figured it out because what he did to Nate at 70. Uh, But I got to believe that the that that may be the way it goes. So, and if it doesn't, it's not, it's not a deal breaker, but just my, my gut instinct. Um, I saw the footage, uh, from uh, my buddy, Arash Marchese. He's now the LA times formerly with ESPN, brilliant, brilliant journalist, uh, the footage he took uh, on his phone at Rick's birthday party on, uh, when was it Saturday night? Uh, and, Boy, it was it was dotted with all kinds of personalities, the stars, and even some stars that you didn't even see on Arash's video. Charles Barkley was there, Dennis Rodman, Todd, Todd Gurley, Triple H, Shane, Chris Jericho. I guess Chris Jericho probably was the only AEW member there. Ricky Steamboat and others. So it uh, looked like a lot of fun. I would love to have attended, but uh, Raphael Morphy and I were in uh, just outside Detroit at the Great Lakes Comic Con, which had a great time, very professionally done. I'd go back in a heartbeat. Had a lot of fun. But the celebration never started uh, with Nate in front of the crowd. Didn't bother me. 
uh, didn't it wasn't an issue to me. Some people took issue that fact that he was advertised and he didn't. The people in the audience didn't see him. I think under the circumstances, it would have dismissed a lot of real good planning and work by everybody involved if he had. And uh, so I, I liked the way it came off. I thought it was very good. Uh, I loved uh, the dialogue between Ronda Rousey and Stephanie McMahon. I thought Ronda's promo was real, organic, honest, and how she felt. For those of you that love to criticize uh, about the least little things, like she gets her words turned around, or she didn't enunciate well enough. Are you kidding me? For God's sakes. Had you rather have a fully memorized, no mistakes, uh, rehearsal uh, like a, like you would have in a movie script where you can cut it, you can do it, takes over and over and over? I had not. One of the biggest things that have hurt the wrestling business over the years is the fact that talents have stopped thinking creatively for themselves, and it, re, it, it retards the ability for them to create and to utilize their verbal skills, their intelligence, and their creativity to produce a promo. Pretty simple. Anything else is playing wrestling. Anything else, you got to memorize every single move. You can't think for yourself. You can't add to your, your own personality, your own passion, your own feel. Is lazy ass booking. I don't want some some young guy or young woman uh, writing a promo that a, a talent has got to live or die with. I don't want that. I want it to be a collaborative effort, and I want the, at the end of the day the promo to sound like it's coming from the heart of the talent and not his or her memory. Uh, also on Raw, I liked, uh, I liked Aleister Black and Ricochet. You know, they beat the Revival. Really good tag team match. Revival uh, not had the greatest win-loss record since winning the championships, but they're creating opponents and probably creating a multi-tag team uh, match at WrestleMania that they should go in and win. Just saying. I don't know, but that's my thought on that. Uh, I like Leo Rush had a nice outing with Finn Balor. Leo Rush, of course, is a, a trainer, trainee of the MCW Training Center there in Maryland, Danny McDivitt's company. Leo's a good hand. My issue there with Leo, if Leo, Leo the manager should not be as talented as Leo the wrestler. Sorry. Old school. Moving on to SmackDown, I love the fact that Vince McMahon made a surprise appearance. It came out of nowhere, much like Randy Orton's RKO, I used to say back in the day. And uh, it's funny, uh, some of my peers would make fun of me for saying, out of nowhere, the RKO, and now they're doing it. Hmm, how about that? Uh, Vince Ballsy, bold, replaced Kofi Kingston with Kevin Owens in the Fastlane main event against Daniel Bryant for the WWE title. Didn't make a lot of folks happy. I get that. You're not supposed to be happy about it because Kofi got screwed. Kofi got shorted again. 11 years on the clock and nothing. No opportunity. So uh, really good story. Really a good story. And, uh, you know, I, I think it – here's what I think. I think it does not eliminate Kofi from the WrestleMania title picture. I really don't. Uh, that it, it's, you can let me put it this way. You can get there from here. There is a road that takes you there if you choose to travel it. And we'll find out how much the fans really still want to stay engaged and with Kofi. If the fans disconnect and are, are indifferent about Kofi being in the WrestleMania main event or not, then you can bet your sweet ass the bookers are not going to, or the creative people are not going to uh, endorse it either. So if the fan base stays up, 
Kofi stays those great performances. Hey, look, there's not a better athlete in the WWE than Kofi Kingston. Uh, he's the, he, he would be a great WWE champion in my view. I said that right here on the show. I don't know how that's going to play out, but nonetheless, well, time will tell. And as they say in wrestling, stay tuned. Uh, i like to see the Hardy Boys back. Always good to see Jeff and Matt return to WWE. Uh, R-Truth and Carmella are getting some are getting some quality TV time, it seems. And R-Truth is getting a, the old push, as they say. Carmella's very marketable, in my view. Very attractive young woman. Uh, and uh, I'm glad to see them getting opportunities. So now how they maximize those minutes will tell the story. Uh, Charlotte had a great to promo in the sense that she looked regal, not William Regal in drag. No, sir. She looked uh, majestic. Uh, her attire from her shoes all the way to her hair looked like I am the woman in this company. And uh, she's a hell of a talented I mean, she's statuesque. I said this before, and people, people, some people got pissed off. Well, you, you just screwed her dad. I, I said that she's the female version of what Hulk Hogan was to the WWE uh, in the 80s. That strong, that over, that big, impressive. You can build a, uh, around her, a brand around her, and you can. So she did really well. She looked like a champion, looked like a top star, as she is. It looks like the tag team overhaul is still in progress in WWE. You know, we mentioned Black and uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet. You know, they, they beat Rusev and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura on Tuesday night. Uh, you know, then Kofi and uh, Kevin Owens had a, their tag match with against Daniel Bryan and, and Eric Rowan. I saw a little bit more charisma out of Eric, Eric Rowan. It's been kind of on the milk carton, missing. So, uh, but it looks like the... There's a concerted effort, and I'm fully supportive of it, and I have the patience to let it evolve, for goodness sakes, the tag team division in WWE. There's no reason that if it's well-managed, well-structured, well-booked, that the tag teams can't at some point sooner than later be uh, on the uptick like the women have been the last couple years in WWE. No reason at all. It's, it, it's new again. Because heretofore... The tag teams in WWE have just been an afterthought. I couldn't name you the last four champions of the, of the WWE tag titles or the Raw tag titles or the SmackDown tag titles or any damn tag titles. I know that Bailey and, and Sasha Banks are the women's tag team champion. I get that, but that's about it. And they've only been around for a cup of coffee thus far. Uh, and, uh, but I, and I like their upside. The Hulk Hogan movie is... Uh, we know that Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor in the Avengers movies, will play Hogan, apparently. The, the, the biopic has not been titled yet. Producers are close to signing uh, with Netflix, I read. Uh, Hemsworth will be co-producer along with uh, Bradley Cooper, uh, Eric Bischoff, and Hulk himself. So looking forward to that. Wish all those guys the best of success and luck on that project. Uh, I felt bad about I'll mention this to Mark Henry, the WWE and Arn Anderson parting company. He's got a wealth of information, a lot of respect from the boys and the ladies. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, take it from me. Sometimes it's just time to make a change. Uh, and speaking of changes, Bruce Pritchard, my friend, who I'll be doing uh, at the Murmur Theater in Brooklyn after Raw, uh, Bruce and I and Conrad Thompson doing a show there. Tickets at uh, 
BrucePritchard.com, probably based on Bruce's uh, responsibilities as a high-level creative person working directly to Vince McMahon. I can't imagine Bruce being able to do a lot more of these live shows. I might be wrong, too. I'm, I'm just saying that uh, I'm looking forward to doing this show after all uh, on Monday night of WrestleMania week, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Uh, again, I, I, I we've been doing more comic cons. Raphael Morphy. Raphael's on Twitter, folks, at rmorph, M-O-R-F-N-Y-C, at rmorph, M-O-R-F-N-Y-C, on Twitter. And if you're interested in me doing a uh, appearance at a com- comic con or any other event of, along those lines, get a hold of Raphael, and we'll try to work something out. appreciate your business. So uh, we'll talk more about our post-Raw Midnight Adventure uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, and again, uh, a lot of fun in in, uh, in uh, Warren, Michigan. Uh, didn't love the hotel. More on that later. They may be pet and goofy. Uh, but uh, the fans there were wonderful. I got on my table was next to Hacksaw Jim Duggan and his lovely wife, Deborah. And the fans bought everything we shipped. Sauces, books. I felt badly, you know, we thought we shipped a pretty good load of stuff and just one of those nights where everything sold, one of those two days, everything sold well. So we thank all you that uh, supported us, and it's always good to see Hack again. Uh, Honky Tonk Man is going to the Hall of Fame 2019, longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. Honky, the first cousin of Jerry the King Lawler. Would Jerry the King Lawler be his inductor? Is that what Honky would want? I don't know. They're not exactly kissing cousins, but they're cousins. I think they're moms or sisters. Uh, Honky's a character, and I've always enjoyed being around him. He's He's got a mind of his own. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, and uh, uh, I congratulate Wayne Ferris for going into the WWE Hall of Fame. I know what I'm going to be doing this weekend. I can tell you that. I'm going to be watching the NFL Combine. Just I love the draft. I love the Combine. I watch it religiously. And I love the NFL draft, big time. So that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend, if you're wondering. You're probably not, but I'll be home if you need me. Uh, my pick of the, to win the Best Actor in the Oscars, uh, Rami Malek, uh, played Pretty Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, was uh, named Best Actor. My pick for Film of the Year was The Bohemian Rhapsody, and it didn't make it. No worries. Uh, by the way, I, I mentioned my friend earlier at Rock. Uh, Arash Marchese, uh, now of the L.A. Times. He's a big shot, folks. The Lion King's losing a lot of weight. Ladies, you better look out out there. Uh, and Arash uh, uh, went to high school with Rami Malik, And I was told that Rami helped Arash in his public speaking classes at school. Interesting, huh? You live out there in Hollywood, you go to school with some, rich, some famous folks. I saw. I went to see fighting with my family this week. I went Monday afternoon, the old matinee at the Warren Theater in in Moore, Oklahoma. Loved it, loved it. Uh, certainly, if you are or not a wrestling fan, if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to dig the hell out of it. If you're just a fan of of uh, truth, family, it's funny. I cried in it. I don't. I, I'm, like a ch- I'm a child again. I. I I, I bought in. I thought The Rock and his staff, the, the movie was gr- well written, really well written, perfectly directed in my view. So it's uh, making money. I'm proud for uh, Paige and her family. 
to get this recognition. But it was a really good movie. I I don't recommend you go see a lot of movies. I did recommend you go see Bohemian Rhapsody because I thought it was the best movie I saw all year. But when I said that, I had not seen Fighting With My Family. So if you haven't seen Fighting With My Family, check it out. Check it out. And I was very pleasantly surprised that some of my sound bites from back in the day, as old Tony Greer would say, in my day, I made sheep fear me. Uh, <laughs> so I loved it. Check it out. And if your, your date or your significant other is not a quote-unquote wrestling fan, I think that's why I did say wrestling with my family. Fighting with my family is accurate in a lot of ways. Applicable. Uh, you'll, you're going to love it. It's a great story. True story of a very unique family in a very unique business. I think you'll dig it. So check it out. Good job by Dwayne Johnson, Seven Bucks Entertainment, and the whole crew. I loved it. I, I, I will see it again. There's no doubt. Uh, speaking of uh, rumor and innuendo, uh, rumor has that Tampa is going to be the home of WrestleMania next year at Raymond James Stadium. That's not been verified. It's kind of a bad secret because a lot of folks in Tampa seemingly are already aware of it. It's not like you can des- you can decide to have WrestleMania and, and, and get all that work done in, in, a, in less than a year. It doesn't really work that way. So, uh, man, here's the – I thought this was funny. Uh, thinking about this, if it does, if WrestleMania uh, is going to be in Russell, in uh, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa next year, 2020, uh, can you imagine how many WWE Florida-based talents, especially in the Tampa-St. Pete area, will be overwhelmed with a ticket request from family and friends? It will break up families and piss off your buddies because you can't help everybody. So we'll keep our eye on that deal. Should be fun. Be great. That time of the year is be cool too. It'll be really good. So I hope it happens. Uh, moving on to look at some of these other companies. AEW, Young Bucks continue to their independent scene, grassroots marketing and promotional tour, creating awareness for the brand and their upcoming match at Double or Nothing in Las Vegas on May 25th against the Lucha Brothers. That'll be a dandy. And uh, again, I mentioned earlier to talk the show that Conrad Thompson and I had a had a couple of meetings this week, and we're not through. Uh, of course, you can find all about StarCast at StarCast.com. What an event. Man, you're talking about a, a Hall of Fame who's who lineup of talents that you can see uh, by buying the all-access. every get one ticket for everything. What a cool deal that is. Check out StarCast.com. Connie, my boy, my God, his cheeks are luscious. Connie's booking a, an amazing uh, array of talent, folks, seriously. And uh, Memorial Weekend. I'll be doing a couple of things for Conrad. I'll be uh, narrating and talking to Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat about their three matches in 89 that I had the privilege of uh, calling. And uh, I'll also be doing a Q&A with Jerry Lawler, my old partner there in WWE. That should be fun. And I just don't know how much more time, how many more times the King and I are going to be able to take that stage together just based on jobs and things of that nature, schedules. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this one. His, he and I doing Q&As are just so natural, organic. I love it. It's great stuff. Uh, so check out sarcast.com for all that information. Happy that MLW is doing a great job. They they recently moved to Saturday night TV slot at 9 p.m. Eastern on being Sports USA from Friday. 
So they're on Saturday nights. They double their ratings. Uh, they air. A, they will air a live special this Saturday night, live from Chicago's Cicero Stadium, where they sold out in November and expect another advanced sellout for this event Saturday night. And uh, interesting note here, the great promo guy, the guy that produced, I think, some of the best promos ever in the business in a long, long career with uh, WWE, and the son of Lou Sahadi, Dave Sahadi will be directing this uh, MLW show for the first time on Saturday. So I'm looking forward to, to watching that and seeing how uh, how Dave uh, handles the directing. Impact Wrestling, I'm proud to say, signed Sammy Callahan. I'm a really big fan of Sammy Callahan's, actually. He's a little rugged. He's a little rough around the edges. I like that. He's natural. Uh, and uh, I'm a big fan of his, and I understand he's a big fan of the show. So that means we've got to get him on the air, right? Uh, he's got a little Kevin Sullivan in him, I think. Not not the producer, Kevin Sullivan, but the wrestler from Boston. The devil. <laughs> uh, undersized, tough, can work with anybody. He's great on the mic. I think he's a hell of a villain. So good job, Impact, for signing uh, Sammy Callahan to a new deal. Ring of Honor making their Pacific Northwest debut this June in Kent, Washington, and Portland, Oregon. And tickets are available at uh, ROHwrestling.com. All the information there, tickets, the whole nine yards. And congratulations to the voice of Ring of Honor, former guest of the show, Ian Riccoboni, on the birth of a healthy, beautiful baby girl. Just want to remind you that the slobber knocker, my life in wrestling, uh, still selling. I'm so blessed. My wife, Jan, would be so happy because she had such a big part in uh, motivating me to even do this book and be so honest and revealing. Uh, and it sure was. So it's available at uh, Amazon, Amazon.com. Check them out there. You can get them anywhere in the world through Amazon, right? And uh, again, I mentioned earlier uh, that um, my sidekick, my, my, partner in crime, Raphael Morphy, at R Morph, at R-M-O-R-F-N-Y-C on Twitter. Raphael can get with you if you have something that you'd like for me to be a part of, comment con, throw out the first pitch of the ball game, et cetera, et cetera. So check that out if you don't mind. Uh, WW Shop, I just got another order for them for more uh, products, JR's products. Uh, that'll be shipping soon. And also remember that we're building a business or trying to as hard as we can in the southeastern part of the United States at the wonderful Ingalls Markets. And again, if you send me pictures of the, our products, either in your shopping cart, uh, on the shelf, wherever, in your kitchen, I'd appreciate it. And hopefully we'll get some replay. And uh, I love seeing those. Appreciate you guys a lot on that. Uh, WrestleMania week. Man, this is this thing is getting has a life of its own, for God's sakes. WrestleMania week will be at the Gotham Comedy Club on Saturday afternoon. And morning and afternoon, uh, uh, April the 6th. It's a midday event. Uh, we'll have some guests there, I'm sure. Uh, tickets are on sale now at GothamComedyClub.com. Okay, remember that. GothamComedyClub.com. Now, here's the news about that. We're changing the starting time. The doors will open at 10 in the morning on Saturday. The VIP meet and greet for our show at the Gotham Comedy Club will start at 1030. And then at noon, uh, we will have our show. Uh, our Q&As and all the stuff we do. So uh, that gives you a chance, quite frankly, folks, to be honest with you. I got a lot of friends doing shows around that time. Uh, Bruce Conrad at the Gramercy. I played the Gramercy, nice, nice room. And my buddies, Dave LeGreca and all his, his crew and his team, 
for CSXM, their 10th anniversary of uh, Busted Open. And both those events are just going to be a few blocks from our show. So you can very easily make another event right after ours. Our show should be over around 1 or 1.30. Also, WrestleMania weekend, this is going to become a cool deal. Uh, the two-man power trips, uh, Sunday morning uh, soiree, uh, two-man power trip on Twitter, by the way, at the Meadowlands, uh, in the Meadowlands Hotel, Meadowlands Plaza Hotel, from 10 in the morning to 1 in the afternoon on the day of WrestleMania, Sunday. Tickets available at, at BP Tickets on Twitter. And also get a lot of information there. Uh, Stan Hansen, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Bill After, J.J. Dillon, Val Venus, uh, Brutus Beefcake, among other, many others. This lineup keeps getting bigger and better all the time. I'll be taking pictures and autographs, taking, doing autographs for you, sign your swag. And I'll also have uh, uh, Raphael and I'll have sauces and ketchup, and mustard, beef jerky. And I'll sign Slobberknocker books. They'll be available as well. Uh, so good stuff coming our way on WrestleMania weekend. And then, of course, I mentioned that we're going to have the big uh, event on Monday night after Raw. So that'll be fun at the Murmur Theater near the uh, Barclay Center. So go to Raw, enjoy it, and get your ass over to our show. Bruce, Conrad, and Jr. First time ever. Let us see you. At BrucePritchard.com has tickets. Uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun, by the way. You know, like I said, with Bruce back in WWE now in, cre- in a creative capacity, I would assume, that's all I'm doing, assuming that his uh, opportunities to do live shows could very well lessen. If that is merely or somewhat accurate, uh, this could be one of Bruce's last shows in that world. But uh, time will tell. I look forward to it nonetheless. It'll be, our, it'll be a first, brand new show, uh, new audience. Can you imagine the audience we're going to have at midnight after Monday Night Raw? Yes, it will be fun, no doubt. It will be a lot of fun. So tickets are on sale at brucefritcher.com, as I mentioned, and ticketfly.com. Uh, Mark Henry and I will be kind of accidentally, but we're going to be together at the Steel City Con in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, just outside Pittsburgh. Uh, that's going to be at the Steel City Con. Three dates. Friday, the 12th of April through Sunday, the 14th. For more information, SteelCityCon.com. SteelCityCon.com. I'll also be in Las Vegas at the Colorful Alley uh, Annual Banquet Convention uh, Reunion on uh, April 29th through May 1st in Las Vegas at the Gold Coast Hotel and Casino. If you like information on this ma- amazing event for a terrific organization, it helps a lot of people. And they say, well, I haven't heard of that. They help people and they don't brag about it. They help a lot of families that are proud, they're down their luck, or talent, whatever, and they don't brag about it. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization. Everybody does it gratis, including the travel. So I'm, I'm very honored to be asked to host that banquet again uh, in Las Vegas. That'll be on May 1st, by the way. Check them out, callforalleyclub.org for info. Uh, well, I mentioned it earlier, I'm going to be at StarCast in Vegas, uh, part of two panels, the Flair and Steamboat panel and a stage show with my former partner, The King. And remember, uh, it's starcast.com for all the information, May 23rd through 26th. Uh, get that big pass, you can go to all of it, and you're going to never regret it because this is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience for a wrestling fan. I'm going to head up to the Dan Gibbon Museum in good old Waterloo, Iowa, 
uh, attending the George Tragus Luthes Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame induction on July 25 through 27 in Waterloo. If you want to be a part of it, uh, check out on Twitter at Wrestling Museum. Or you can go online and uh, email for information at DGM Staff, one word, DGM Staff at nwhof.org. You'll not regret it, I promise you. And boy, that's a lot, a lot of stuff going on, right? A lot of stuff going on. I try to pay, I, I love to give the other promotions, all the promotions, no matter who they are, a little love. I'm a wrestling guy. I want everybody to do well. Not a bad philosophy. You should check it out. Maybe follow it. Not bad. Because that's what's on my mind. Again, folks, check out Amazon.com for Slavernocker, My Life in Wrestling. Paul O'Brien and I are working diligently to hit our deadline. It's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging, but we think we can do it. To have our uh, our second book, Following Slavernocker, My Life in Wrestling, on shelves by the holidays of this fall and winter. That's our goal. And we're, we're going to make it. I'm not going to, ain't going to be easy, but boy, this is a heavy book. I love it. This book is, it's just a, I'm excited to, to work on it every day. It's great. The stories are great. They're rich. They're, they're, they're current. It's just a lot of fun. A slot of the week uh, this week. There's a lot of great candidates, but I think there could be only one winner. And because it's my show, uh, I get to, I get to, to decide that, uh, certainly the Velveteen dream would be, would deserves to be mentioned. He's another, uh, product of Dan McDivitt's MCW pro wrestling training center. So you might think about, he defeated Johnny Gargano to win the NXT North American title. I got a lot of uh, faith, uh, a real good feeling about the Velveteen dream. He should be, can be a major star maximize your minutes and conduct yourself as a total professional every single day. Good kid. Jim Zorn, great coach, uh, uh, player coach in the NFL quarterback back in the day through the Steve Largent, one of my favorite players, the Seattle Seahawks is a new XFL coach, of the Seattle franchise and general manager. So uh, good, good hire there by the XFL, George St. Pierre. You got, He's retiring from the USC. Great accomplishments, class act. Great candidate for Slavonocker of the Week. Uh, Rami Malik won the Oscar for the Best Actor for Bohemian Rhapsody. I predicted that one because I thought his, his uh, performance uh, as uh, Freddie Mercury was just uncanny, almost scary. Certainly the honky-tonk man deserves mention. He's the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Well, longest reigning for sure. He's going to go in the WWE Hall of Fame this year. And again, I wonder who's going to induct him. I wonder if he will uh, get his cousin, Jerry Lauder, to do it. Or, has, or maybe somebody else that's uh, off the radar at this moment. Uh, we've met a good lady in uh, at the hotel named Monica uh, who kind of bailed us out of a, a, a slump as far as service and had a little rough time at the uh, hotel we were in there in, in Michigan. Monica did a good job. Her boss should be proud of her efforts. Very good customer service. We also met a podcast listener named Sean. who took his two girls to a water park, which is located <clears throat> in the hotel. Oh, boy. Can't handle it. Uh, Batista, what a shocking comeback he made. 
It's been on his radar. I'm glad he's got something worked out. It looks like Batista and Triple H on a collision course for WrestleMania, I'm guessing. Great to see Big Dave back. I always liked Dave. Class guy. Stand-up guy. And uh, But this week's Slaver Knock of the Week, I don't say I can go to anybody else but Roman Reigns. Yeah! Roman Reigns is my pick. His uh, leukemia is in remission. He looked great. And then when he came back and made that comeback with those Superman punches, uh, there was something special there. I'm so happy he's back. Uh, his family deserves a healthy Roman Reigns. Hey, he's a he's the uh, he he cares for a lot of family members. He's a he's a good son, and now he can continue to take care of his family, and he can continue more importantly to him, or not maybe not maybe not more importantly, but to the wrestling fans, his wrestling career. So Roman Reigns is leukemia free, and he's also the slobber knocker of the week. Apparently they have a pet raccoon that got into their mouth. Well, there's a lot of folks out there right now that's just eating up with a dumbass because we have an ample amount of pet coon goofy candidates this week. Uh, let's go. Let's start here. I mentioned earlier the Sterling Heights Michigan Hotel, Wyndham Garden. You might want to evaluate if that's your choice to stay there in that lovely little city. I did not like it. TV didn't work. Wi-Fi didn't work. I actually locked myself in my own damn room because I put the little slide, little chain that goes to this little gizmo on your door to lock it so people can't, you know, come in unexpected or unannounced, whatever. It had so much rust on it that when I got it on, they put the thing through, and I get ready to go downstairs to meet Raphael, I can't get, I can't get the damn thing off. I had locked myself in my own room from the inside. I was very miffed. It added to our stay. Good people now. Good people. Just a poorly managed hotel property. Too many little things were wrong. Understaffed. Just not good. Simple things. So they're on the list. You're on my list, like Chris Jericho might say. The AAF, the football league, unable to make their payroll after one week. What the hell? They got a $250 million bailout from the NHL's uh, Carolina Hurricanes owner, Tom Dundon. They got all kinds of issues right now. It's crazy. Uh, I heard the story, you know, where Dick Eversoe's son went to Vince to, to buy the trademark and the intellectual property of the XFL. And he offered Vince $50 million for the trademark of the XFL, I'm told. That's, that's, that's going, that's your rumor and innuendo. And Vince said, no thanks. And then he decided, I'm sure right around that time, that I think I'll do this XFL thing. Apparently it's got some legs. It does have legs. Because it's going to be run by really good football people. And they got plenty of time to get something organized, unlike uh, in a six or eight-week period last time. Can't make payroll after week two. Damn. Uh, Amtrak. You know, I'm a, I'm a big train person. I love that when, I, when we go to the U.K., uh, with the uh, Vince McMahon of Europe, uh, Kenny McIntosh. I love the train trips we get to take. Uh, not because I'm riding with Kenny. Oh, I'm kidding. I love this countryside. It's beautiful. And they got nice bathrooms. They're close. Uh, so, uh, but Amtrak really jacked about 200 folks around on their trip from uh, Seattle to L.A. They were stuck on the rails, on the, on the tracks, uh, and near Eugene, Oregon. 
uh, in four feet of snow for nearly 40 hours. It was a hell of a situation that I think the word of catastrophe. I read where they were making diapers for small children. Diapers are made out of uh, kitchen napkins and safety pins. Old school, baby. Food was running scarce, but good that help arrived just in time. Amtrak, uh, sometimes Mother Nature just puts your ass. I don't know if it's an Amtrak problem. I always like traveling Amtrak. R. Kelly, what can you say? God almighty. Hey, this guy has allegedly and apparently made a lot of real bad choices. A lot of sexual allegations. They're making their news again. He got arrested again, released on bail, and they say he barely made his $100,000 bail money. So where'd all his money go? R. Kelly needs help and maybe jail time. I don't know. But based on what charges are and the data, the film, the videos, might not be the nice cat that you would like. Uh, I, I expect him going up the river, as they say, for extended length of time because he didn't have any money to defend himself. And, he, and more importantly, he might just be guilty. Jesse Smollett, the Empire actor who's been charged with disorderly conduct now for allegedly filing a false report, police report, claiming that two men attacked him last month. The story's coming out that that's really not exactly the truth. This guy just, as they would say in eastern Oklahoma, this dude just shit the bed. And uh, he's going to have a hard time cleaning those stains off those sheets, I can tell you that. How can you trust him? He'll either get really religious or he'll have to get some sort of counseling with some unannounced, perhaps not even undiagnosed or uncreated ailment. More of this story is coming, I can promise you. But the dude lied, apparently. Hope I'm wrong. Doesn't look like it. And finally, the Pecoon Goofy Award. Man. Robert Kraft, NFL owner of the New England Patriots, spent too much time in a Florida massage parlor where allegedly, supposedly, human trafficking and prostitution occurred. Uh, I don't have any thought that Robert Kraft was involved in any trafficking, but they got him on camera, uh, getting his money's worth, uh, in one of those little rooms at the, at the massage parlor. He's a billionaire. He flew his plane there to go to this one particular place, this little spa, then got back on his plane and went to Kansas city to the AFC championship game between the Pats and the chiefs. Are you kidding? Think about that. Boston, West Palm, Kansas City, same day. That's when he got too much money. He felt bulletproof, apparently. Because Robert Kraft has got to be much, much smarter than to make a dumbass decision like this. So I hope he comes out of it all right. It's their misdemeanors. But the embarrassment, and then, of course, you don't know what's going to happen with the uh, NFL and Roger Goodell, the commissioner, how that's going to work out. Might not be real pretty, but a nice fine, I'm, I'm thinking. Big fine uh, on that side. Mr. Kraft's got to – his people around him got to help him out here. Just help the guy out. So hopefully going forward, we Mr. Kraft will uh, not make these silly decisions. He's a smart guy, very successful. He's a, he's a deity in the Northeast. Pats fans love this dude. 
because he had the foresight to hire Bill Belichick, and and they had the foresight to to draft this ugly guy and these uh, these boxer shorts named Tom Brady, who arguably is the best quarterback to ever play the game, or the best coach to ever play the game. So, uh, Mr. Kraft, we wish you the best, sir. But you just can't. Uh, well, that must have been a hell of a room. His attendant must have been really, really, really worth the money. And it's on tape. And you know somebody's going to get that. Oh. Mr. Kraft, you are this week's winner. No, no, don't do this. Don't forget a lot of big things going on. WrestleMania week in New York City and the, and the surrounding confines. Uh, BrucePritchard.com has tickets for his and Conrad's show. Our show we're doing together on Monday night after Raw. Uh, GothamComedyClub.com has tickets for my show, uh, which, again, is a new starting time. Doors open at 10 a.m. at uh, the Gotham Comedy Club on Saturday uh, of WrestleMania. And then uh, our meet and greet, the VIP meet and greet. VIP meet and greet, I sign your swag. We take the pictures, do the autographs, have a little chat. Uh, is going to be at uh, 1030 in Saturday, that Saturday morning. And our show then will start at noon at the Gotham Comedy Club. Hope you'll join us there. A lot of stuff going on. Of course, the two-man power trip show on Sunday morning. Uh, a lot of good things. A lot of good things. I'm excited about going to, to New York. and uh, It's going to be an interesting experience for me. Maybe it's a little bit different than normal for me. But we'll talk more about that later on. But this week in wrestling, 33 years ago in Houston, Dick Slater defeated Jake Roberts to win the Mid-South television title when the television title could actually mean something uh and then jake uh, would go to wwe i think not too long after that but but uh, slater was the last guy to hold the the title of mid-south television champion before the name changed a few weeks later then mid-south became the universal wrestling federation uh dickie slater and jake the snake two great pros 27 years ago wcw presented super brawl 2 uh, from the Mecca in Milwaukee. I remember this event because not only was Bill Watts' production, uh, it was also Jesse Ventura's first pay-per-view appearance for WCW. And Jesse and I did the commentary on that show. And, it, uh, you know, I, I always, as I've mentioned here on the show, a program, fully, being fully transparent and honest, I, I should have done better with Jesse as my partner, but my inflated ego at that point in time in my life and insecurities uh, didn't do me any favors, made bad choices. Uh, but that was a good card. I remember, uh, Brian Pillman flying. Brian defeated Juice and Thunder Liger in that, on that show. I certainly remember that. I know that Barry Windham and Dustin Rose defeated St- uh, Steve Austin and Larry Zabisco in a tag match. Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton defeated the Steiner brothers. Sting defeated Lex Luger to win the WCW world title. And then Luger would leave to go to join WCW, WWE as well. All that in Milwaukee. 26 years ago at the WCW Worldwide taping in Macon, the Hollywood Blondes, Pillman and Austin, love that team, man, love that team, defeated Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas to win the WCW World Tag Titles. That's when they, there's some good tag teams there. Kind of they kind of fallen off the radar. 22 years ago, uh, WWF presented a Monday Night Raw uh, in from Berlin, not Arkansas, Germany, and. Uh, the British Bulldog defeated Owen Hart in the finals of the European title tournament. And, you, yeah, you're right. There's no way that, that Owen and Davey had a bad match, ever. Almost too good sometimes. 
And by the way, that was the last episode of Monday Night Raw as it was rebooted the next week as Raw is War. New set design, new open, all that good stuff. Same old boring old announcers, old school guys have probably already lived their usefulness. <laughs> uh, 19 years ago, WWF presented the No Way Out from uh, Hartford Civic Center. Nice card. Triple H defeated Cactus Jack in one of the greatest Hell in a Cell matches I've ever seen uh, to retain the WWF title. Uh, and with a loss, Cactus Jack was forced to retire. But one can't grieve forever, as Jim Cornette would say. He was also brought back to the main event at WrestleMania 2000, was Mick. Sad day for me because I never th I thought it was a little overreaction on a lot of people's part, but 18 years ago, uh, the lovely Stacy Carter, best known to wrestling fans as the Cat, was released by WWF. Uh, it was a... I thought it was an overreaction. Creative thought she was hard to work with. I didn't. I lost. And she was let go by me. Didn't like it. Didn't agree with it. Still don't agree with it. Uh, and, of course, Jerry, who was Stacy's husband at that time, Jerry Lawler, he quit the company in protest. Paul Heyman replaced Lawler the following week. And uh, so I, I was very lucky. I got handed from one legend, one great talker, the king, to uh, Paul Heyman. I was in good hands, but I still didn't agree with Stacy Carter, uh, being known as somebody that was hard to do business with. I just, that's not, just not right. Wasn't accurate. 17 years ago, WWF premiered tough enough Two. you guys remember, anybody remember this oh, on MTV, by the way, it was won by Jackie Gata, uh, Charlie Haas's wife and Linda miles. Who I think now is a police officer. I'm not sure. Somebody tell me. Tweet me at, uh, at JRSBBQ on that if you know. Uh, here are some of the notables that did not make the cut that season. John Hennigan, Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, didn't make it. Shelly Martinez, beautiful, talented. Went on to some success as Salinas and TNA, Ariel and WWE. She didn't make it. Kia Stevens, best known as the uh, uh, Awesome Kong. I loved her game. Uh, she had a big time in TNA, didn't have the opportunity I thought she deserved in WWE, but be that as it may, uh, she didn't make it. Shad Gasford didn't, uh, he, he didn't make it, but he came back. He, he kept, kept himself in the game and became one half of crime time. So that was an interesting time. 17 years ago, that's what I can't hardly remember. And so, and it shows you too, that sometimes when you don't make it the first go around, don't give up. Don't turn your damn Jersey in folks, no matter what you do for life. If you quit the game. Don't expect the game to come find you and embrace you and bring you back. That's not the world we live in anymore. And finally, six years ago, one of my great friends, so funny, loved George Jones. He was a, he was a fixture with The Undertaker. Uh, William Alvin Moody, better known as uh, uh, Percy, well, Percy Pringles, I know him. Paul Bear, obviously. Percy. We all just always call, even when he was Paul Bear, we called him Percy. I don't remember calling him Paul Bearer too much except on the air, but around the TV tapings, he was always Percy. And unfortunately, Percy uh, passed away due to a, a heart attack in his hometown of Mobile. He was only 58. And I remember uh, talking to him to try to give him a new lease on life. Vince had, had approved uh, surgery to help him lose some weight. And uh, unfortunately, some damage was already done and 
you know, it's just a sad, sad end to a really a wonderful guy, really a decent, funny lifer, a territory guy that finally made it to WWF, WWE, and he did it in a big, big way because he was the man uh, at the side of arguably the greatest attraction in the history of our business. Yeah, I know there was an Andre the Giant. I get it. But for my money, athletic speaking, tenure, length of, of, of service, Undertaker. That's our guy. So I miss Percy. I miss him a lot. Hope his family's doing well. Moving on to birthdays, kids. Uh, on Thursday, uh, Masato Tanaka, former ECW champion, 46. Norman Smiley, one of the best coaches and teachers, a good dude, and a tough son of a gun. Norman Smiley, 54. Uh, the great Ricky Steamboat, 66. You're younger than me. Love Ricky. Ricky and Ric Flair and myself at uh, Conrad's Big Soiree in Vegas uh, at StarCast. Going to be a blast. The missing Link, who died in 2007, would have been 80 on Thursday. On Friday, uh, Emma uh, Tennille Dashwood. I love that name. I always think of Captain and Tennille for some reason. It's because I'm old. But, uh, boy, she's a hot property. Really a beautiful woman. Good athlete. Very marketable, I'm thinking. So uh, I'm, I'm pulling for her uh, going forward. She's had some injuries and some things like that. But she's got all the tools to be really special. Kyle O'Reilly, a kid that can work, man. He's a stud. Ring of Honor is lucky to have him. He's a good kid. Uh, I love his wrestling. And he'll, he's 32 on Friday. Big E, former Iowa Hawkeye, is uh, 33. You know, I I always believed that Big E was in an environment that wasn't so uh, comical, maybe. That's what I'm saying. Uh, he would be... He, he would have a whole different perception. Right now, he's a comedic figure. He's a comedian. And I just don't... And that's why on Monday night, or Tuesday night, excuse me, when Kofi was taken out of the uh, main event at Fastlane by the Vince McMahon, that his uh, uprising, his his pissing contest was so out of character. They're usually making me laugh. Nothing to laugh about there. I don't know how good Big E's been booked because he has the frame and the personality and strength and athletic skills to be special if he's packaged in a special way and presented same. Our man Booker T, WWE Hall of Famer, 54 years young on Friday. I remember sitting down with Booker one time when I was head of talent relations and we were talking about his background, the fact that he had served some time. And I said, you, you should not keep that a secret because look at you now. You made a mistake. You paid for it. After you paid your debt to society, you, you put all that behind you, and you have become a very productive, successful husband, father, and entrepreneur. Very proud of Booker T. He's a damn good man. Happy birthday, Book. On Saturday, Lance Cade, who'd passed away in 2010, would have been 38. But what a wait. That's just so sad. He was going to be really good, too. The late Mike Von Erich would have been 54 on Saturday. He died in 87, suicide. And the lovely, intelligent, vivacious deborah she is 58 years old on saturday happy birthday to that lovely woman and always fun to be around always fun my wife jan loved her and uh i saw something on twitter the other day where stone cold one of those bits on tv where stone cold was accusing me of flirting with deborah <laughs> oh lord what those creative cats come up with huh that's realistic 
You can believe that one, right? Uh, so Deborah, 58 on Saturday. It looks 30, 35 at the most. On Sunday, Mandy Leon, Ring of Honors uh, contribution, 27 years of age. Hanson, a part of the Tag Champs and NXT of War Raiders, 35 years old on Sunday. Big, rugged, athletic guy, man. P.J. Black, one of my heroes because he used to date Kelly Kelly. How can you not admire a man with that taste? P.J., 38 years old on Sunday. I think he's with the Ring of Honor now. Good hire for them. He's a really talented kid. And on Monday, boy, this guy, is, he, he has got my attention since day one. Dalton Castle. ROH is Dalton Castle, 33, is re- getting better and better, but I really believe he's a big-time player, and I uh, wish him the best of luck. Good kid, too. I met him. I've had him on a show. So uh, happy birthday to all you guys and gals. Hope you have a great day. If you're celebrating, you're able to celebrate. And whatever you do now, remember this. Good old JR's got the cake. You've got mail. Well, we've got a little mail to go over with you, folks. Uh, I appreciate you guys checking us out on the, with your mail. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com is how you can reach us. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Uh, send me us your uh, suggestions, your questions, feedback, uh, whatever you choose. We appreciate that. I got this from uh, Bob Mithril. Bob says, let me be the first to say it was a great pleasure to meet you at Laugh Boston. Oh, that's cool. Cool. You got an autographed copy of Slobberknocker at that at that comedy show. Uh, it's a great read, and my favorite moment is when Ernie Ladd's cafeteria server uh, essentially uh, cut a promo on, on old JR after serving Ernie. <laughs> Ernie is a smooth dude. Boy. So uh, Bob is wondering what in the tarnation is. This is where not mine. What in tarnation is up with the commercial, commercial and other interruptions in Raw? Well, obviously, Bob, I don't like him any more than anybody else. I think you've got to pick your spots when you're going to interrupt a match. Uh, and I, I pointed out on, on social media not too long ago, there was a, a title match, I think it was uh, Ruby Riot and Ronda Rousey. Uh, and in the middle of the match, they went to a break. And sometimes the break spots, they call them the break spots, the spots they do right before they go into break, are so predictable and so obvious, it reeks of choreography, and that isn't good. So I can't answer your question, Bob, any more than there are a certain amount of commercial breaks that they have to take, but they can be massaged to where they're not done uh, in an awkward way. I don't, I don't, but I'm, in general, if I'm formatting a show, if I'm producing a wrestling show, you have to convince me why I can't build these breaks around a match ending or before a match begins, but not in the middle of a match. It reeks of being fixed. You don't see any. Can you imagine any other title match, title contest, title game where in the middle of the play, the middle of the action, you got to take a commercial break? Of course not. It's illogical. I understand it's, it's, you have to do a certain amount of commercials. I get it. And that's how people make money. I get that too. It's all a matter of timing and placement. And sometimes these commercials are placed very awkwardly uh, and probably not most, the most advantageous for everybody involved. This from Greg Bass, who says, uh, JR, just want to say thank you for being the lyrics of my life's wrestling soundtrack. Truly a legend, and we can't appreciate everything you've given us enough. That's nice of you, Greg. Thank you. Uh, Greg's from Centralia, Illinois, by the way. 
if you build a modern day heel from a group from the ground up, but that talent needed a manager to help uh, bring the heat to the presentation, who would be your pick between Bobby Heenan, James E. Cornette, or Paul Heyman to get that talent white hot? Well, here's here's the answer. I'm going to sound like a politician here, Greg, but I've, I've worked with all these guys. I've done commentary with all these guys. I've traveled with these gentlemen. You can't go wrong. There's no wrong. There's no wrong answer. Heenan was the best of the best. Bobby Heenan was, without a doubt, the most uh, skilled, multiple-tool uh, performer in all of wrestling of all time, in my view. He was a great heel. He was a great manager. He was a great broadcaster. Uh, he was entertaining as hell in, every, in front of every audience. I loved him. And Cornette and Heyman are, even though one's from Louisville and one's from Scarsdale, they have a lot in common. They're both brilliant fans uh, that got into the business and they stuck and they contributed. So I, I if you said, okay, I'll, I'll pick first, I'd, I'd have no problem with anybody. I'd just give me what's left because I'm going to win because whoever's left is, is, a, is a player. Heenan, Cornette, and Heyman can't go wrong, Greg, can't go wrong. Shane Hall uh, sends this from his iPhone. Happy to know that. Hi, JR. I recently watched a documentary on the life and death of Bruiser Brody. Just wondering if you had the chance to meet him and have interesting, interesting stories. Uh, and uh, Shane says, I love your podcast, which we appreciate you doing that, Shane. Yeah, I, Frank was a friend of mine, Frank, Frank Goodish. He started in the Mid-South in, in the Mid-70s when I was starting out as well. We became friends because he was such a big mainstream uh, sports fan. Uh, you know, he played college football. He was a he was a sports writer, really really bright guy. So when I went to Major League Umpire School in St. Pete in 1976, we he was in the territory there, so we hooked up a lot there. And basically, going out and not even talking about the wrestling business. Frank was very strong about his opinions, and sometimes it was just not good to travel that road. Stay off that road. It's get a little bumpy because he gets he was very passionate about his interactions with promoters. But boy, what a, what a player he was, man! Jeez, big, fast, strong, believable. Love me some Bruiser Bodie. I can tell you that. This from Jason Guth, G U T H. Jason, hope I'm saying that correctly. I want to thank you, Jr., for being such a huge part of why I love wrestling. I was wondering, you always seem to have a the foresight of where talent was going, I guess, in their career. Uh, for example, signing talent like the Hardys, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, and Chris Jericho, to name a few. So how did Vince feel about signing these smaller, not typical talent? Uh, he gave, Vince gave me uh, the ability to use my own vision and what I'd learned from him, what I'd learned from Bill Watts, what I'd learned from Dusty Rhodes and Ole Anderson, uh, working with Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman, I had a real good, I had a lot of people around me that were very smart, smarter than me. And I just listened, I sponged it up and I utilized it. And then I had a couple of successes. So once you get a couple of successes in, in signing some people that actually pan out, uh, the boss is a little bit more likely to let you uh, use your own judgment. But I, I, those, all those guys you mentioned, and it's funny, you know, the Hardys, Edge of Christian and the Dudleys, I don't know that WWE has ever had three tag teams better than those guys. Really? And we were lucky we had them all at the same time. Anybody that saw the TLC matches uh, can vouch for the fact that these son of guns uh, were really uh, something special, no doubt. I'm very proud to be a part of these guys' career and just to give them a chance. 
They did it, folks. It wasn't Jr. doing it. Jr. gave him an offer. Jr. threw a jersey at him and said, "Let's go play." And they showed up and played, and they got better and better at what they did. They never found their comfort zone to lay on their ass. They were great, absolutely great, all of them, all of them different. And men, I'm just blessed to be a part of what they were doing. And finally, this is from Josh Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Smith says, hello, Mr. Ross. My name is Joshua Smith. I was one of the winners of the Million Dollar Mania. I'm from a small town in southern Mississippi called Wiggins. You may remember me because I was the one who cursed on air. Hmm. Other people cursed on air. I don't remember you, Josh, for that reason. The McMahons treated me very awesome. They gave me $200,000. Flew my wife, two daughters, and myself to New York. Put us up in the Hilton Times Square and drove us everywhere in a limo, wherever we wanted to go. We met Triple H and Steph, John Cena. We toured the headquarters, the production studio. It was a big deal to me. A young man with a young family being treated so nice in the big city. $200,000. Not bad, buddy. Congratulations to Josh. Hope you still got some of that money left, buddy. Of those kids, you know, they're going to need some stuff going forward. But congratulations. on I do remember winning it. And the reason this, they did this contest, folks, obviously was to tune in, to increase tune in. So, in essence, they did these contests, get new people to tune in, and hopes of winning a prize, in this case, 200 k And, it, you know, that was the whole reason for it. And, and uh, old Josh here was the lucky winner. Not a bad deal. Remember, uh, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com is how you do it. Uh, we do read all the emails. So feel free to email us and let us know what you're thinking as far as guests, format, anything along those lines. Uh, we appreciate your feedback because you're a huge part of this program. Huge. And that's it for the mailbag. Well, without a doubt, ladies and gentlemen, my favorite Texas Longhorn fan in the whole wide world is joining me here today on our program. The Hall of Famer, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. How are you, big fella? I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm, I'm surprised they they get get the Texas Longhorn love. I mean, I mean that's a shock. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's been so long since they won the Big Twelve. I kind of have some empathy for them. Oh man, that hurt. <laughs> that hurts, man. Sorry. Uh, people say you and Mark Henry can't get along because he loves those Longhorns. And you love those sinners. There's just no way you guys can be friends. What you don't understand is that we are realistic human beings. We're grown men, and on the game day. We compete. After the game's over, we're good. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Man, you're staying busy. And heck, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm really, really proud of the broadcaster that you're evolving into there with Dave LaGreca on Busted Open. Uh, Busted Open, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't listened, you're, you're, you're silly. You're pet coon goofy, so I can tell you. Channel 93, Sirius XM, Monday through Friday. It repeats uh, in various forms over the weekend. I actually listen to a lot of these shows on the weekend. I don't know if that's normal, but you've done a hell of a job there learning the art of the soundbite. Well, I thank you very much. I, I've done my best to study, and I've had some good role models. I've always been a fan of talk radio, and it, it, it just feels right. It just feels normal. Yeah, and you're, you're a natural fit. And I can, by listening so frequently, as in being a regular, I can hear you getting more comfortable and getting more proficient at a new uh, skill, skill set. Yeah, I think that one of the things that's making me comfortable is I want to 
ask the question that I would want to know as a fan, as well as I think about uh, the person that's not an everyday radio listener. If it's your first impression, what do you want to give that person? And that that's kind of like, uh, you know, my, my motivation for trying to make sure that everybody understands what's being said at that point in time. I'm a big fan of the show, as I mentioned. You guys have got a good staff there, too. You know, uh, obviously the quarterback there, Dave LaGreca, does a great job, and and uh, Alex Metz and Hope Croon. Then I listened to, uh, as we record this, on the way up here today, driving on ice, I uh, listened to uh, Bubba, or Bully, whatever the hell. Uh, he'll be Bubba to me and probably until I take my last breath because that's what I'm used to saying. He, he's and, Bubba to us, and he's Bubba to everybody else. Yeah. So uh, you guys have meshed well with Dave, and I've told, I tell guys this a lot. Dave's role is, a, is as a point guard, Mark. He's got to get you guys the ball in the right way, yeah. in the right positions to score. And I think he does a terrific job of that because both you and, and Bubba are strong alpha male personalities. And sometimes – and nothing's not so wrong with it. That's kind of challenging to deal with. Yeah, and Dave, Dave is um, is very patient because there's times where Bubba and I both we go out on a tangent and there's no end. <laughs> and Dave is like, "Listen, um, we ne- we need to fin- button that up. Like, you need to finish that off. Like, don't leave me out here hanging in the dry." And it's like, "All right, well, you know what? Let me make sure that don't happen again." Proud of you for that, buddy. And it's gonna. Anytime you can improve your communication skills in an exercise like you do on Busted Open, it's going to help you so much in other facets of your life because, quite honestly, man, communication is our, that's our, that's our strength. If you can't communicate in this world nowadays, uh, you're SOL. Yeah, it don't matter how much education you have or what your religious background or uh, whatever infinity that you have for something, sports, theater, arts, whatever. Uh, if you can't communicate that to the people that you're trying to get across to, and I've done my best to make sure people understand, because I've always had one, I just didn't always know how to go about getting it across. And um, I was blessed to have wrestling come into my life as a little kid because I got to see people tell stories and um, explain stuff without even using words. And now I get to use the words and to put with that action. And uh, it's a shame that, uh, <laughs> that I'm, I'm long in the tooth. It, it, would be, it would be even better, I think, if, I, if I'd have done this before wrestling. Might have been. It's, it's a good exercise. I, I think that for all talents, some talent, a lot of talents listen to the show, you've got to figure out ways to get in front of people and, and to use those communication skills, and they will make things better. I think, Mark, as a, as a talent, as an in-ring wrestler, you will also get a better feel for the physical storytelling and the ring psychology because that, too, is a part of communication. It is. So uh, I'm, is. A, I'm a big fan of that communicating, man. So you're, and you're doing good. I'm proud of you. I was driving up here today, as I mentioned, on the downed ice and, and uh, taking my time and thinking about stuff. And I remember me and Vince having a – I sound like Bubba now. Uh, Vince and I <laughs> – I love Bubba. You'll get mad at me with that, too. No, J.R. threw him on the bus on your show. Mark, what happened? Uh, I didn't throw him on the bus. I uh, was thinking about the time Vince and I met you and Terry Todd at that hotel in Stanford 
I don't know if it was a holiday. It's been through several brands, I think, but downtown Stanford. And uh, I had to give you bad news because you weren't quite ready to be brought up. And I, I saw that you had the most disappointed, heartbreaking facial expression that down there made me cry uh, because it meant so much to you to get on the team. My thoughts and Vince's thoughts, he said, well, you can, you can tell him, but he agreed. He was such, you were such a massive, uh, no pun intended, uh, a big, uh, no pun intended that either, uh, great prospect. And the wrestling crowd, no matter what it was then or now, Mark, they're very unforgiving. You don't get too many chances to make that first impression. No, you and don't. And we, we, we don't want to screw you up because also you're such a, you're such a sensitive guy and so damn strong that inadvertently because your mechanics weren't smooth and, and second nature – you know, big guys like you can hurt somebody and not even know it. There were a couple of times where guys would tell me, "Hey, man, when you do this, please, please don't don't really crank me because I, I let me do it myself." You know, and mm-hmm. and stuff, and and that was troubling to me because I, I I wanted to come across as somebody they can trust, but in in our business, trust only takes you so far. You gotta. You got to be able to actually go out there and perform and 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 do stuff where you don't you know hurt somebody because you know we both know we got guys in wheelchairs and guys that are no longer with us because okay. of injuries they sustained in the ring. So uh, I didn't. I, the last thing I wanted to do was to be a hazard and uh, not have a reputation of that. And I've I've been blessed to, to not have anybody seriously get hurt on my watch. Bret Hart probably has as much pride in telling uh, his fans and the Q&As of things that I've, I've been a part of that one of his, his greatest uh, accomplishments was never hurting anybody. And uh, that's pretty cool when you stop and think about it. Yeah, it is. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a mechanic in that regard. But I, I thought of that moment there, and I hadn't thought of good old Terry, Terry Todd. Boy, Mark, how could you have been where you are today without having a relationship with Terry Todd? Not even close. God put Terry in my path to help me realize my potential because, you know, being a, a football player and, a, and a, a better than average football player, uh, I thought that's what my destiny was. And Terry came and said, look, there are a lot of football players. There's going to be a lot of football players after you. He said that the stuff you're doing, no one has ever done before. And you should find that to be pretty special. I do. And he convinced me that I was special, and and, and that, that don't happen every day, man. Like, you don't have people come into your life and, and tell you that you're different, that tell you that you know, your difference is what makes you special. And, you know, I tried my best to do that with my kids and other people's kids that are around me. Like, I want people to realize their potential and not be not be fixed or stuck on being Michael Jordan or, or uh, being a, a Clayton Kershaw, like, be mm. who you can be rather than trying to be some, the first somebody else. And be the best that you can be in your role. We all got our, uh, you know, I'd love to have been uh, a Ric Flair level, happy, related to happy birthday to Nate's, but I, I would, I, hey, it, it would have been a lot of fun to live his lifestyle as opposed to living the lifestyle of a wrestling broadcaster, which is kind of like being the skinniest kid at fat camp, you know. The, <laughs> You know, the, the uh, sports people don't want to have anything to do with you. And the entertainment people, the high-level entertainment people said, oh, he's a wrestling guy. And I'm sure 
with all your Hollywood interactions and your and your TV work, tell us a little bit about that. But have you encountered any of the uh, pro wrestling bias, if you will, for lack of a better term, uh, in in your in your non wrestling career? I have. Uh, there's been many times where uh, people was like, "You do the you do the the Olympic wrestling." I was like, "No, I was on the, I was on the Olympic team, but I was a weightlifter. Uh, I did professional wrestling with the WWE." And they would go, oh, the fake stuff? And I'm like, well, uh, the only thing that I could consider fake about it is the fact that there are people that watch it and say they don't. And I've always kind of took my point, took my jabs at people. But there, it's kind of like the war between academics and athletes. Athletes have always kind of uh, said, you wish you were me. And then the academics were always like, We'll take the money that y'all bring in, but you're beating your body and brain up, and you know you're going to need somebody like me to take care of you when you get done. When they when the sport is done with you and you're all washed up, and that it's the same thing with those those intellectual under the rock people. They're always going to be around, and there's nothing that you can do to fix that. Uh, I don't take a lot of stock in the trying to convince people into seeing it my way. I associate with people that are like mine and that enjoy what I do and, and will take my advice and my experience in every facet of, of sports and entertainment and say, hey, man, that is, there's a learnable moment. There's a teachable moment in here somewhere. Like, let me let me know something about your life. And those are the people that I, I try to be around, JR. I, I, don't, I don't really let the other people into my circle very easily. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I'm glad to hear that because it took me too long to learn that lesson. Uh, it really did. You know, I, I, my eyes opened more, my heart opened more, my mind opened up when Jan got killed, which would be two years, uh, in March coming up, coming up here soon. Uh, because I, I had this little saying, I got no room in my carry on for negativity. Just ain't got it, but I'm going to roll that roller bag on and it ain't going to have no negative with it. And that's kind of how I look at things now. And I, I see life in a different way. I see life in a lot more a different perspective. And you mentioned Terry being a great mentor, and I know that he was. So I saw it firsthand with my own eyes. The love he, was he had better for to you. me than my father was. My father was, was a piece of shit. Like, he, he didn't provide. He didn't, uh, never came to none of my, my games, my competition. Um, you know, it was just all about him. And uh, to have somebody come in, and say, hey, man, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to focus my attention on you. I think you could be special, not just to me, but to anybody that's uh, ever had any inkling that powerlifting or weightlifting or strongman is something that's exciting. You know, it was, it was, a, it was a blessing. And I've, I've, I've tried my best to be the best mentor I can be to a lot of people. And, and a lot of that is spawned by what Terry did for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, uh, I saw, and I haven't talked to you since I saw this. It was not been that long ago or I didn't text you or nothing. You're, you're doing something with WWE in the, I guess it's, uh, in the, in the locker room area backstage, if you will. Uh, it, does that have anything to do with you mentoring some of the young uh, men and women that are on the roster now? Uh, partly, uh, I work as an ambassador for the company technically and um i've always worked with the talent development team and 
with our uh, marketing team as far as doing dealing with all of the charities that the WWE uh, endorses and sponsors. And I kept hearing all these stories about uh, people being too prideful clean the locker rooms and the buildings that we frequent. And uh, veterans feeling like some people were too full of themselves to take advice. And uh, when I talked to Ben uh, about this role, I said, man, I, I'm hearing a lot of negativity. And he said, you know what, man, it's a lot of entitlement. And I was like, why? I was like, y'all didn't allow us to have any entitlement. Like, what changed? And what's changed is the mentality of the entertainer. And uh, I was like, I'm not happy with that. I'm not, I'm not good with it. And so I'm basically trying to reprogram everybody that I walk past and say, hey, man, this is really the mindset that you need to be in being here. And it's not so much of me going, hey, you do it my way or the highway. It's my, it's, it's, it's my way is everybody's way. And you should be prideful and thankful that you didn't grow up in the time where uh, I came into the business where uh, people didn't want to help you. People helping you was helping them take your job. Yep. And now it's so completely different. Everybody's trying to mentor you to take over the business and be responsible for the business after us old guys are gone. And they don't get it. And I, there's some of them that do. The Seth Rollins of the world like guys that understand that we're young boys that uh, carry bags and clean the locker room. And, um, you know, if, if I said, man, go get me a bottle of water, they wouldn't think that it was demeaning. They would just go get me a bottle of water because I was thirsty, <laughs> you know. But so yep. that's, that's the mentality that we're trying to build uh, with these young guys. And, um, you know, I, I relish the opportunity to do that. You know, it, it just seems to me, and I'm, I haven't been around. Uh, I'm under contract uh, with WWE with Vince uh, till uh, March 29th. I think is my end date. And I, you know, I, I by all you know, fully transparent, I got one foot out the door, and I, I'm not saying that in a well. We got to have a we got to have a telethon for Jr. No, I'm good. I'm really good. You know, I, that little Italian wife of mine made sure we got some. We saved more than we spent, and uh, thank God for her in my life. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I sense this. And, again, I, like I said, I want to bracket it by saying I'm not there. So it's my uh, – I'm assuming. We all know what could happen when we assume. Uh, I see some of these kids are just – they're, they're products of their own generation. And uh, I, I've been, when I've been around, I've listened to some of their conversations, not eavesdropping, just hanging, you know, in the catering or whatever. Their, their line of discussions and what they discuss and talk about, Mark – it's normally not about the business, and I just think about well, boy, we had the territory, and those tra- those classrooms on wheels that you took every night uh, to get to the next town. That was so so huge in the formation of uh, philosophies, correcting errors, uh, explaining a better way of doing things. You're going to screw up. Don't do this. Don't do that. You've been you can't be late. Blah blah blah. But I don't I don't I don't see that same love across the board it's more as if sometimes i might be wrong here too and you correct me because you're there that some kids are playing the role of what they think a pro wrestler is as opposed to just being themselves and acquiring all the great traits that it takes to be a highly skilled uh in-ring performer 
they're trying, but the problem is, is they're getting in the car with people that are as new as they are. Right. It's, it's not like, um, for lack of a better term, I, I had Owen Hart and um, and Teddy Long and Godfather, and I would drive. I would get in the car and say, hey, uh, it's a cooler in the back with, with beer on it, on the ice, and <laughs> I'm a, you know, three-hour drive. I, I, if you need to knock out, knock out. But I'm going to ask you a couple of questions on the way to Piscataway. So, um, you know, before you get too liquored up, if you don't mind answering a couple of these questions for me and tell me how my match was, like some people, they don't care to hear how, much, how their, their match was. They don't ask nobody what you think about my match. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're getting in the car with their peers. They're not getting in the car with people that are um, that can actually critique what they've done and say, hey, this is how you make that better. And I think the system is going to have to change. And uh, that's, that's a part of me being around. Like, I got to explain this stuff to guys because they don't, some of them just don't know. They just don't know better. Right. And they're, they're being farm-raised. You know, I mean, you know, I always bring stuff back to food. I, I always take this and I <laughs> do it with Dave and I'm going to do it with you. More power to you, brother. We have that in common, too. I'm, I love catfish. Yeah, Man, fried, I love cat. catfish. fried catfish, but baby. I can taste the difference between a wild-caught yellow cat and a farm-raised cat. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, what, that's what the fans are getting. They are seeing a product that's wild-caught mm-hmm. every now and then. They'll get the wild-caught. But more than everything, they're getting this farm-raised and it don't taste the same. Right. And I hear people tell me all the time, man, I, I used to watch wrestling, you know, back in the early 2000s, you know, 2009, around that time. I don't watch much now. And I'm like, no, it's the same. It's just that you got to let these characters get a little seasoning. You know, you got to let like that, like that old cast iron skillet. You got you to gotta cook in it about three years before it's, it's really right. <laughs> and... That's that's what these guys they need, and that, that seasoning is to have me, to have Big Show, to have Randy, to have the Hardys, to have the, the Dudleys. Say, hey man, uh, I watched your match the other day. Uh, you mind if I, you know, share a couple words with you? And listen, and not be on edge like, oh, this guy's trying to down me. Like, no, just take the critique, take the lesson that somebody's trying to help you make the business better because we're not doing it no more. What do we have to lose by telling you that this is how you make the product better because I want more butts in the seat. I want to see more people tell their kids, hey, man, you need to watch wrestling on Monday and Tuesday. Or you need to tune in to All In. Or you need to tune in to New Japan. Or like all forms of wrestling, watch everything. I tell people to watch everything so you'll know and have an opinion on what is actually good or not. And that's that's what that's what we're not doing, and 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 that we're trying to do now. The theory of driving down the road with Godfather and Teddy Long, both very wise men, veterans. Uh, Owen Hart, uh, classic, loved Owen. Owen Hart's one of the few guys, Mark. Uh, I've been in the business since 1974. He is one of a probably one handful of guys that I can honestly say I never heard any of the boys knock 
or diss or say anything bad about. And that's highly unusual. Highly unusual. You, Owen told me a long time ago, I was having a dis, disagreement with uh, a, a wrestler that, that we both know and love. And he, uh, I wanted to fight. And I, I think I told you that I wanted to fight. Him. Oh, Mark. I didn't, I didn't want to get fired. I was like, I'm going to beat him up and don't fire me. And he's like, well, if you beat him up, I'm going to have to find you, and I might fire you. And I'm like, well, shit, I can't win. <laughs> Owen told me, he said, listen, don't get mad and get all – you, you get very entertaining when you get angry, I, I must tell you. I like to see you angry, too, but as long as it's not angry at me. And, <laughs> and I, I realized that I was putting the show on. And me fighting somebody that was my peer would not be – good it wasn't gonna look good anyway no and this guy by the way was the artist formerly known as justin hawk bradshaw and um i i just wanted to i just wanted to whoop him and owen said don't do it he said the next time you see john by himself just walk up to him and say john i don't appreciate you picking on me and i rather i wish you would stop and And if he says, you know what, I'm not going to stop, then you just tell him, well, the next time that I see you by yourself like this, nobody's around, I'm not going to be screaming and yelling, I'm going to just take the opportunity to let you know that I don't particularly like it, and it might not be with words. And he taught me how to communicate. And I love that dude. He was my brother because he helped me to keep my job, one, he taught me how to relate to people in the locker room, and nobody got hurt. And that's, that's something that's a lost art. You know, there, there needs to be more on hearts in the locker room. And even if even if you're not wrestling, the, the whole people doing jobs, like nobody wants to do jobs no more. They feel like, you know, that's beneath them somehow. And, and I'll I, I be, you know, Hall of Fame or not, I would go back in a heartbeat if my body would allow it right. and, and, and do jobs and, and, and show people the way to get it done. Right. But, you know, it's unfortunate for me, you know, my, my body gave up about five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, you lost, hey, you got yourself in, uh, you dropped a lot of weight, man. Last time I saw you, you looked, you looked phenomenal. Yeah, I'm down to 330. And I'm kind of hovering at 3:30 now. I, I mean, I guess if I really pushed it, I can get down to 3:15 or something like that. But uh, people are already walking up to me, going, "Damn, man, you you lost a lot of weight. I could probably take you now. If yeah. I get down to 3:15, somebody might try." There you go. There you go. You're 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 baiting them. You're baiting them. Uh, the Battle of Texas that never happened. JBL and the world's strongest man. Yeah, that would not have been a good. You know the not a good meeting, but here you you know in my role, I, I was a prick half the time anyway because that's just the nature of the role. Uh, it's funny now, when Vince made a decision and I carried it out, and I've seen guys, I've bumped into them at these uh, at uh, comic cons and things like that. And by the way, Mark and I'll be uh, are booked to the same place, the Steel City Comic Con in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Uh, I think the weekend after WrestleMania in April. So uh, I'll be talking more about that, but I look forward to seeing you there. Big deal, but you know the it's a big deal, it's a big con, and uh, but I, I just 
I don't know, man. You 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 you've got a such a beautiful uh, outlook on things. I, how often are you around the the young talents in WWE? Are you around them enough to make a difference? Uh, I think so. I'm I'm going to the, all the pay per views. Uh, there, there's there's a assorted amount of uh, TV shows that I'll be going to now, and anytime that I communicate with guys, uh, I I walk the room. I just individually walk up to. If I see Velveteen Dream, I'm gonna go talk to him. If I, if you know, if there's there's a guy that I feel like I've heard something, I walk up and tell him, "Hey, I'm I'm hearing this about you. Um, let's try to fix this. This is my phone number. Call me if you need some advice. Like that's what I'm here for. Like you know, so it's uh, there's no one guy that you you can you can listen to that'll that'll tell you any different. Like, uh, I've always tried to be the voice of the reason. Uh, I don't think that um, he would be mad at me for saying this, but, you know, I, I talked to John. And, um, you know, he got a, he got a, uh, arrested recently, and I told him, I was like, don't hang your head. You know, everybody goes through struggle. Mm-hmm. I was like, what you need to do now is to uh, speak up for yourself and not let people come up with, create the narrative like you let people know what it is and just like we've all run into police officers that are overzealous sometimes if you will and he was not in a situation where he was being belligerent until he felt threatened and he felt like his wife got talked to in a way that she shouldn't have got talked to mm-hmm. we, we're all going to stand up for our wives and our, our significant others and Sometimes, you know, if, if somebody's playing the, the role of, uh, you know, I'm not a wrestling fan, I don't give a damn about wrestling anyway. Like, come on, man. Like, do we need to go there? Like, sometimes you need to, like, be able to say, you know what, I'm uh, not very satisfied with how you're talking to me. And we, it goes back to that communication thing that we were just talking about. I've been angry many, many times in my life, but because I've had level-headed people around me to keep me focused and to keep me under control, I could hear that voice in my head when I start getting angry. And some of these guys don't have people going, hey, man, look, you need to practice your restraint. You need to practice uh, being under control because it's going to happen. It's not if it happens. It's when it happens. Are you going to be ready to step up and, and be the man that Vince wants you to be and not end up in the newspaper. Common sense. I mean, no, there's no, it's not just Vince, as you know, but any employer, if it was me or you, uh, you know, you, you, you can't have people that work with you creating problem after problem. You know, Jimmy Johnson, the uh, coach of the Dallas Cowboys back in the day, and uh, among other schools, uh, uh, only one pro, what, he coached the Dolphins. Jimmy said, I'll do all I can to solve your problem. I'll take every opportunity, take risk. I'll do all I can to solve your problem. But if we can't mutually get there and with the solution, I only have one option. If you either solve or you eliminate, and that's what we got. And that's yeah. kind of how I, I see this thing, man. And that's that's kind of life in general, really. Is solve your own problems without having to have a, a million support systems. If you need it, use it. And that's another issue. Uh, you mentioned a while ago about the talents. Some some talents being uh, uh, a little uncomfortable doing the favors, losing. Uh, and I think that that 
is a sign of uh, insecurity. I think that the same theory, the guys that have problems losing, Mark, are the ones that cannot find the time to get enough high spots and daredevil uh, high-risk maneuvers into their match because they really don't understand the psychology of wrestling. They might not be really good at exchanging holes, basic fundamental stuff, and I, I think that has a big big part of this thing, man. It's just the insecurity, and I, so I'm, I don't have the I don't have the stake yet, but I want to sizzle your ass off. Yeah, you you know who could have been the worst human being alive in wrestling that wasn't was The Rock. Yeah, you're right. He would bump the dudes and fly around and kick his feet up on the ropes and take these hellacious god awful bumps and. He expected everybody else in the nation to do the same except for Ron, even though Ron would do it anyway. Sure. Uh, look at the light. Ain't they beautiful? <laughs> uh, but, like, it was, it, was, it was expected to make the people that you're in the ring with look good, and the people would do it. Nobody remembers how many matches The Rock lost. No. Not one. And, and nobody cares. And nobody gives a damn. No. I, I I tell every time Dwayne and I talk, I, I mention, hey, you remember them two t- two matches we had? We only had two. <laughs> you 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 do realize I beat you in both of them. Uh-oh. Like, yeah. talk- he said, and you know what he'll say? He said, nobody remembers you in the match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's how <laughs> They only remember me, brother. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Hey, uh, <laughs> sparring verbally with that man. Ain't gonna, it's not, as Dusty Rhodes would say, get you to the pay window. It's just that he's just too damn good at that, that stuff. Oh, I want one more question about the locker room. I was thinking about this. As a former talent relations, quote-unquote, executive, I'm patting myself on the back, don't break my arm, uh, that I see, and I saw it then, when we started at Vince's mandate, Vince's uh, vision, he, he instructed me to hire, uh, upgrade our female uh, performer side and he had certain things he was really interested in having and most a lot of it was athleticism was one but the look was pretty much 60 70 percent quite frankly uh and he wanted tens and i remember one time at the at a damn diva thing uh uh kia stevens uh, awesome kong asked me something i said you're not a diva you're not gonna you're, we don't you're not gonna be we had to cut people and the, I wouldn't even judge. I, of course, I got who, who got their who was the guy that they went to to ask him for their playbook. Oh, Jr. will do it. That's his job. So I get the heat because I'm following orders. And I said, "You're a wrestler. You're an attraction wrestler. And if I were if I were a physician, I'd hire you tomorrow because all the pretty little girls that are 125 pounds, you make a great heel for them to work with. And it never worked out for whatever reason. Uh, but Things like that come around, and and uh, it's just my point. I guess I'm wandering to it. When the women, when the when the tens, for lack of a better term, got in the locker room area, the, it became part of the team. I sensed a complete change in uh, demeanor back there. Now everybody's probably used to it, but rem- but when the when you get the the first time you get a ten like Trish Stratus, for example. Or you get a uh, real sexy in her own unique way, uh, Amy Dumas, Lita, and others and others, Jackie Moore, and all. There's tons of them. Just beautiful women, St- Keebler, Tori Wilson. 
I sensed, Mark, a difference in the, in the, in the attitude and demeanor back in the locker room. It was sure as hell a lot different than when the hot women were Moolah and her crew, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I look at them now. There, there's a lot of wrestlers. And um, when, you, when I say, when I hear the word 10, I'm thinking skill level, not about the looks. Right. And well, mm-hmm. they, now I'm not saying that there's not one ugly woman in that locker room. Not right. one. I mean, but on a skill level, there's about as skilled a group of women wrestlers as there ever was at any time throughout history. Bailey can go to work against any one of them. Any night of the week, she good. Real good. Yep. Double good. Naomi's good. I I remember when she came in, I told her, I was like, hey, I know you've taught a lot of these girls how to work. And I don't want you to go in there and look like a coach or a teacher. I want you to go in there and try to rip their face off. Like, go and be you. Like, you can respect them, but you're not going to ever get over if you just, you know, go out there and want to do, do, do. You got to take a little bit, and you got to, you know, make people understand, feel your pain, and the, uh, and the, the have celebrate with you and. Uh, to have that emotional tie to the audience, which she didn't have at that time, but it was like like that light split switch flipped in her, and I still for for your money, man. I, I'm I mean, I Charlotte and Becky and uh, Sasha and Naya and Rhonda uh, and the list goes on. The girls, Oscar. but I'm still gonna hang my hat on Bailey. She's an unbelievable talent. She had a great match uh, against Nia Jack this week, which is not easy. She did. Again, yeah, Nia is a, is a big, powerful force, and there's only certain things that she does well, and that's what you want to keep her in that in that envelope, the things she does well, and not try to venture out of the that area until she's ready for it, and she tells you she's ready. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, one other female, Oscar, uh, is, to me, underutilized. Very and underutilized. I, she is. She's as special as, as, as Bailey is and more aggressive, actually. And I, I, I love her work, and I've never seen her bloody nobody's mouth. <laughs> she is talented. She like Bret Hart in the sense that all, for all the striking and stuff that she does, mm-hmm. I don't see bloody teeth. Right. Hey, folks, I want to remind you, too, that uh, Mark's documentary, which I loved, really a great piece of production and, uh, and so candid and open uh revealing if you will uh you can check that out on the wwe network if you haven't seen it uh you should see it and if you don't have the wwe network i, I can only ask why the hell not uh why not I, yeah i've had it since day one and i and even though i'm uh been there 26 years i pay retail like everybody else no problem hell it's 9.99 for god's sakes come on Man, I, I I spend the same. You know what? I I told him I wanted to get Sirius to give me a free radio, the the Sirius app too. I had to pay for that. <laughs> well, it's, it's, that's pay the freight, take the trip. I, I guess you got to pay to play, baby. That's it, baby. You sure do. Hey, uh, what do you got coming up? Uh, and this, are you going to? What's the Arnold thing in Columbus? The it's this weekend. Uh, tomorrow I leave and go to Silsby to speak at the Silsby Chamber of Commerce Banquet, and then I turn around 5 o'clock in the morning and get on a plane and go to Columbus, and I'll be doing the color commentary for CBS at the uh, Arnold Classic for Rogue. 
So um, cool. I'm staying busy, man. I'm working out there. I'm getting in these streets, trying to make yeah. that, trying to make the donut. I love it. I love it. Uh, you're a big part of that Arnold Classic, without a doubt. They love you there, and rightfully so. I told Vince, I said, I said, God dang, Vince, I saw this big black guy. He had the greatest smile, and he smiled so big that when he smiled, his eyes disappeared. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I but think here's. I know that guy. Yeah, I, I said, but here's the deal. He's about 400, and he dunks a basketball. I saw it this weekend on the, at the NBA uh, jam thing. And so I, somebody, you know, I hustled up the, showed Mark, or showed Vince the tape of you, and he said, we got to have him, Jr. He's our kind of guy. So, yeah, absolutely. I told him about the Olympics and all that stuff. So that's when the recruiting process really, you know, uh, got aggressive, and I knew my marching orders, and uh, – and I, sometimes I know I didn't make it easy on you because the weight thing, you got to understand who's coming at me. We had had some big guys that, that couldn't get licensed because of their weight. Yeah. Uh, Yoko, God bless his soul. Leon White, God bless his soul. They just couldn't control their eating. I remember sending those dudes to Duke, the Duke Weight Loss Clinic, Mark, and an in, inpatient deal, and I got their results back every week from down there, and they were gaining weight. Upon further review, as Jim Tony, the NFL official, used to say, upon further review, we found out they were sneaking out and going to the fried chicken place. <laughs> so and, uh, I had to. And there were there were a couple of people that should remain nameless that was uh, feeding Yoko because Yoko threatened to kick their ass if they didn't go get them some food. <laughs> yeah, there you I'm, go. I'm so, just saying right now, you know, I did not want to be one of those people. Right, I'm with you. I'm with. You. I get it. Uh, but you know that's the thing about it. So, over the it was it was tough love, but I knew that if we introduced you too early, we were going to hurt you. And, and why would we want to do that? Because we had an investment already started. You know, you you didn't get starting pay money. You got you got better than average money for these guys that had no experience, a lot better. So, and yeah, you deserved well, I mean, it. You don't know what you don't know until you get there. Right. And you know, to be pretty much the first developmental wrestler. Like it was, it was different, and you didn't know that. Yeah, it was just uncharted territory. But you know what? I think that the the, the biggest gift that I, I received in wrestling was me going to Canada and uh, Leo training Burke. with Bret Hart and uh, sitting there talking to Stu Hart uh, about the history of wrestling, and um, like it gave me a different, newfound respect. Uh, for wrestling from a historical standpoint. And then, as soon as I got back to the state, I, got, I went to Louisville. And, and you know, I knew who Jim Carnett was, but I knew Jim Carnett, the character with the tennis racket. I didn't, I didn't know Jim Carnett, the historian. Mm-hmm. And the guy that, if you wanted to sentence Jim Carnett to prison, you would have to say you can have everything in the world. You don't have to be behind bars, no wrestling. <laughs> he would kill himself. Yeah, like he did. loves wrestling like I've grown to love wrestling. Yeah. And not from just a fan standpoint, but it's my release. It's, 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 it's like it's everything to me. And um, Jim was like, listen, man, I have thousands of articles and thousands of video tapes and 
reel to reel and books. And here, read this book. It's called The Hooker. And, you know, it's about Danny Hodge. And, like, he, he introduced me almost every week to a different book. And I would, I would get done with a book, and I would hand it to him, and I'd have my hand out for what was next. What, what, what you got next? What, you got something else? And, and I don't think that we have that going on in the business right now. Agreed. I think we need more of that. We need more history and more. Uh, people need to know that, they're, that they come from somebody. There's guys that out there wrestling JR that don't even know who they resemble. They don't even know whose style they're using. Wow. Well, I'm glad guys like you and, and uh, I saw where a WW, I started to see Arn get released or whatever it was, I, or you re, resign, release, whatever. They're no longer working together. Arn's a, was, I, I hired Arn back uh, when, right after we bought WCW. I hired him and Finley and Malenko and Laurinaitis. Uh, so, but I see the guys that they're some new blood, you know, Helms and uh, Abyss, uh, Sanjay Dutt. Different perspective, different point of view, different generations. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's back there. Uh, he's got a lot of experience. So maybe we are about to see uh, the dawn of a new philosophy or or maybe the presentation of WWE's product in general is going to see some change. I kind of think it will. I think it will. I don't think it's for the worse. What I do think is you'll see a different perspective uh, with the way finishes are, you'll see. I've already seen different styles of uh, going into a comeback, and you know we always oh, I don't do the same old thing. A couple of elbows in the gut, you know, shoot somebody off and give them a tackle on a backdrop, like just normal uh, run of the mill. Do something different, and I've already seen right there differences mm-hmm. so um and i think that is some of it has been for the best and people like fifth Finley, their style will never get old because right. it, it works and it's exciting and, and it's fundamentally sound mark it's like blocking and tackling buddy it's fundamentally sound any entity whether you're an actor or a public speaker an athlete if, if you don't have the basic skill set in place your foundation there you're never going to be successful you just can't no. Hey, Mark's on Twitter, folks, at the Mark Henry, and he's got a big weekend in Columbus this weekend. I'm sure he'll be uh, doing some tweeting and keeping you updated what's going on there. Uh, and uh, Mark, I really do thank you for joining me. Uh, I love you, and I love your family, and you were one of one of the most uh, unique and pleasant guys that we signed when I was there. And and I'm so proud of the man you've become, the father. You know, you got so many skills you haven't even thought about yet, but uh, I'm 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 just really tickled that you had time to jump on with me today, and and uh, and, and appreciate talking with you, buddy. Well, I appreciate it, Jim. Uh, it means a lot coming from somebody like you that uh, has been around as long as you've been around and knows the history. And and I, I recognize some of those talents. I'm just trying to figure out how to get paid for them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Hey, listen. Have a great day. Safe travels to Columbus. Uh, Thank you. So if you see Arnold, tell him I said Jr. said hey. That's what Andy Griffin used to say. Uh, Marnie, if you said Floyd, tell him Andy said hey. Uh, so enjoy your weekend. Have some fun up there, and uh, I'll look forward to seeing you somewhere down the road, buddy. All right, man. See you soon, brother. Bye-bye. Folks, I love that big fellow. Mark Henry is a class act. He's a self-made man. 
family man, professional, at his stage of life, learning new skills like it busted open. Can't uh, give this man enough accolades. So uh, really great to talk to Mark Henry here this week on the program. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring us to the end of this, this broadcast pretty much. Uh, I hope that you will continue to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you get your Slobberknocker audio. We love those five-star reviews. They're always appreciated. And thank you very much for those. I hope you'll, again, remember to submit comments, questions, or interview suggestions to thejimrossreport at gmail.com. New episodes escape every single Wednesday. And, again, our, my friends at Pro Wrestling Tees got a lot of, a lot of JR merchandise. Slobberknocker merchandise at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Jim Ross. Check them out. Good people there in Chicago. And they're going to be really involved in the AEW uh, promotion as well. Uh, I'm on Twitter at JR's BBQ. You know that. And on Facebook and, and Instagram. Thanks to Sean Creedle at Jim Ross BBQ. Our products are at Ingalls Markets in the southeastern part of the United States and on WWShop.com. Working on a couple of guests for next week's show. More on that. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll probably find out before uh, I record. I mentioned how much fun we had last weekend in uh, Michigan at the Great Lakes Comic Con. Got another big one coming up uh, just outside Pittsburgh uh, the weekend after WrestleMania. Uh, If you'd like for us to be at your Comic Con, uh, your first pitch, those type of things, I'd love to uh, get an opportunity to do more of those. They're just fun around good people, not stressed out. It's just a great time. I love that stuff. Then contact uh, Raphael Morphy on Twitter, at rmorph. Let me spell that for you, at R-M-O-R-F-N-Y-C on Twitter. Oh, Raphael, we'll get back to you, I promise. No doubt about that. And uh, we'd love to do some business with you. Folks, uh, big team effort here today. Sean Creedle worked on our formats, as did Raphael. We appreciate those dudes. Don't forget our shows coming up for WrestleMania week uh, uh, all around uh, the Big Apple. Love to see it, some of them. And I uh, hope whatever you do, you go out and do something nice for somebody that's not expecting it. It's really a big deal. It really is a big deal. Be nice to others. It will make you feel better. So be a little bit greedy. And by that I mean the nicer you are to others, the more it will come back to you. Don't outsmart yourself. Be nice. Be kind. And again, uh, reach out to help others. This world needs that, in my opinion. So I'm going to get back on that icy ass road, head back down to Norman, and uh, hopefully without denting my old black Escalade, just turned 60,000 miles 2011. How about that? So uh, I'm going to do that. Again, thank you very much for being with us. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening every week. Tell your friends about our show. And so uh, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying so long, everybody. The Westwood One Podcast Network, The Raven Effect. My name is Raven, professional wrestling superstar, and we are celebrating the 100th episode of The Raven Effect, quite the milestone. It will be the greatest piece of nonsense ever slapdash together. It's highly entertaining. It's been called by people I paid money to. The Raven Effect. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, 
It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? Yeah. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.